Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I think there's a great quote from John D. Rockefeller, a friendship founded on business is better than a business founded on friendship. And it's when two friends are going into to business that can be kind of problematic. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times given us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, You're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too. And make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool. Fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff. First off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Sunday. We're going to do a special segment called Skill Set Sunday, where at the end of our conversation, you're going to come away with a specific skill that you're going to be able to implement in your real estate investing business. And today we're going to talk about the skill of building successful partnerships with us today, talk us through that, Bob Couture. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you today? I am doing well, my friend, and nice to have you on the show. Bob is a managing partner at SNC Home Buyers, which buys distressed properties and redevelops them for resale or rent. He focuses on the acquisition of the properties and the finances. He holds a Massachusetts real estate 
salesperson license and is the co-founder of Western Mass Real Estate Investor Club. He is an Army veteran with 22 years of service and corporate excellence. Thank you, sir, for your service, first and foremost. Thank you. It was an honor. Yes. And you can say hi to Bob at his website, which is in the show notes link. He's based in Springfield, Massachusetts. With that being said, Bob, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Thanks, Joe. As you mentioned, S&C Homebuyers is a redevelopment company in Western Mass. And we also do a bit of Northern Connecticut as well. Business was primarily single family fix and flip. And then the company has evolved to not just the single family, but we're looking into multifamilies and small apartment buildings. So as the company continues to evolve and grow and diversify a bit, we look at various ways to partner. And I think that's a skill that, that I can help hone in on here today. Yeah. So I guess first it would be helpful to understand what type of partnerships do you do? I look at our lenders as some partners, so our private lenders. We've done a joint venture, our first joint venture this year. That was an interesting one. And then as we were looking to grow into the multifamily space, we look at a partner that has that experience there and into multifamily and apartment buildings. So it's continuing to look for various partnerships uh, um, uh, to satisfy some parts of the business, that some skills that we may not have or some understanding in the business that we don't have. And an S&C Homebuyers was born out of a partnership with Justin Simmons, my partner. We're competitors. We were running our own fix and flip companies, and we found that we were the pieces that each other were missing. I had more of a marketing background, and Justin is general contractor's license and, and more of the, that construction background. And we realized if we put the two of us together, one plus one would equal three. It helped us really just take off on business beforehand they each of us had done about five flips each, so collectively 10 flips. And in our first year together, we did 12 and then went on to do 16. And so it was learning that, uh, finding those complementary skill sets to be able to move on. You mentioned skills you might not have. That's one thing you look for when you look at partners. But how do you identify the right partners who have the skills you might not have? That's a great question. The for Justin and I, I just came about through various conversations and learning what each other needs. And maybe that's it right there. It's about learning what the other person offers. These things can only work if they're mutually beneficial. So what are their needs? What are our needs? And that's how it works with our private lenders. It's a mutual beneficial circumstance. We run into problems when we present investment opportunities to like friends and family. And when they think that they're doing us a favor by lending money. Well, then that's when it always seems to fall apart because it's not viewed as mutually beneficial. It's beneficial to us just because we get to scale and using other people's money to be able to do that, but it's beneficial to them as an alternative investment option out there. Our best private lenders are the ones that are quite appreciative because they know that they're not getting these kind of returns in other places, and they know that finding the deals can be very difficult. And that's where we find that on the lending partnership part to be great there, that it's mutually beneficial. What about on the joint venture part? You kind of had a side comment when you said joint venture. You're like, that was an interesting one. Yeah, well, because it was our first one. And then that one becomes a mutually beneficial one too. Actually, this is a, it was a win, win, win. There might have even been a fourth win in here. Uh, <laughs> it was a new investor looking for a project and 
they're kind of running into that chicken or egg situation. They couldn't get funding because they had no experience. They can't get experience until they do a project. We had a project that we had mothballed. We had to get a couple of other ones done before we were get to that one. It was a little out of the way for us as well. And actually, it's a sponsor of the show. Fund That Flip was a funding partner in this. And one of their criteria was you have to have experience. And those guys did not have experience. But they were able to borrow our experience as long as we managed the project with them mm-hmm. to be able to get funding from Fund That Flip. They bought the property from us, and then they got to do the work. So we win by not having to sit on this property anymore and be able to sell it. They won to get able to get funding. On that flip wins because they got another client and then those guys sold the property and it was a successful one all the way across. So it was multiple wins in that and stem from finding what everyone's needs were in all that. On that flip needed someone to have experience. We had the experience. Those guys needed a property and a, a way to get experience. And by coming all together, we were able to satisfy all of that. How were they able to qualify from an experience standpoint if you sold them the deal, were you still in the deal and overseeing it as a general contractor? We were overseeing that and before any of the draws were made. We reviewed the renovation budget. We helped them get through all those numbers and like essentially serving as a general contractor. Through. Okay. And how were you compensated in that joint venture structure? Was it fee or was it equity in the deal? We made it on the sale of our property to them for the renovation. Okay, so you made your profit before you sold it to them, and then you said, we'll stay on as the gentleman's agreement, and we'll do as well as we would even if we had equity in the deal? Right. Got it. Okay, so there's certainly a lot of relationship and trust stuff going on that needed to take place for this to happen. Absolutely. I think in a lot of these, there are leaps of faith that you got to take. You definitely want to have the proper contracts in place. I guess in that case, it's just a normal contract. Was there anything that said that S and C homebuyers will also serve as a general contractor and that was contingent on them getting funding? No, one piece that certainly was able to tie us into the deal was S and C, I'm not correction, my partner, Justin, who was overseeing the project also lent some money to do to the deal so they would have down payment. So he was going to be tied into this through the duration. Okay. So he had a vested interest for the project to be successful. So that gave some more credibility. Okay. Makes sense. And beyond that, the, our reputation, but I see where you're going. Definitely, it's more than taking someone's word. You want to have some skin in the game and, and make sure every party has an interest to see it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's definitely a partnership piece of advice. How do you protect yourself against the downside on partnerships? That's a fantastic question. I guess I look at into the deal. Where's that deal going to go? Are there multiple exit strategies or are we considering the absolute downside on it? Something where with like this particular joint venture, we felt pretty good that there was enough space in the loan to value and the rehab cost. So if that property had to be fire sale, that everyone would be able to pretty much recoup that investment. When we're looking at some bigger pieces of it, like if we're going into the multifamily, then that comes into the protections come into the operating agreements or we've created separate LLCs for properties 
So like for a multifamily, we would create a, a separate LLC for that and have those partners bound into that. So if there is some significant downside to it, it doesn't affect the core business of uh, uh, S&C homebuyers. So uh, looking to kind of have those different layers. Mm-hmm. There's no domino effect. Yeah, good point. You mentioned earlier that you have a multifamily partner. Can you elaborate on that? Justin and I knew that we needed to diversify the company and outside of single family. And there was some hesitation from us. We hadn't bought any multifamily properties. We really thought that it wouldn't be too much different than the single family, but that it had to be some various nuances and to understand the long-term effects of this or how to structure deals for them to work. And I came across a guy here in my community. Our, our sons played soccer together and, and we got to talking more and, and learned that his family did multifamily. They would do uh, apartment buildings and bring in various partners. So he had a model there that had worked with his family that he was testing out on smaller deals for himself because he's relatively new on this. So he's kind of borrowing from the experience of his family, but kind of taking off on his own. And kind of back to the where the mutually beneficial part of this was, his issue was trying to find deals and then have trusted construction arm and, and to do that from a distance. And we had those. We felt we had a strong marketing vehicle to go in and find deals, uh, good relationships in, in our community to do that, and then Justin's experience construction. So we had someone to be able to kind of guide us along into how to structure multifamily deals and go into that. And then we were able to bring the other pieces to the table. We started this with a, a small four-family house that we did, just the three of us. We just used the three of us partnering, created an LLC around this building, put the money in, and to, to develop our track record into our, our first building. And now that we're taking that same partnership and moving it onto a eight-unit building that we'll close on in the next week or two, and then springboarding that into discussions now with on a 12-unit building. And then that one, we're going to bring on other investing partners. There are limited partners mm-hmm. into that, like selling shares. And then that's what's going to really going to fall into the model that his family had been used to. So it's opened up things relatively quickly. I felt like the, the things that we were doing on the single family side in terms of marketing and evaluating houses had a good transition well into it. And now we can move forward relatively confidently that we have a good model to bring other investors in and manage these projects. So it's helped us grow and, and grow with a, a little bit of confidence. It would, uh, or actually a lot of confidence. We've, <laughs> Yeah, we're more confident. There's always some uncertainty in traveling into some uncharted territory, but there's a lot of background and help along the way here. So it's pretty darn good. Is there anything that we haven't discussed as it relates to partnerships that we should discuss? I think that's it. Part of it is that making sure that it's mutually beneficial. I think there's a great quote from John D. Rockefeller, a friendship founded on business is better than a business founded on friendship. And it's when two friends are going into to business, that can be kind of problematic. And I think of the examples I was showing here where we're all bringing something to the table and that's how that friendship or if you replace that with partnership is founded, it's much better than just people with mutual interests kind of going into it. Absolutely. And I can tell you firsthand, my business has skyrocketed as a result of partnerships from the podcast, 
when I didn't have any money coming in from sponsors and I exchanged advertising space for the podcast editor to advertise his company in exchange for him editing my episodes. Those were like the first 30, 40 episodes to my partnership now with my business partner with Ashcroft and how we got six properties in 2016, have over a hundred million in apartment communities. And it's all because of strategic partnerships. It's mutually beneficial, as you said, and how you've grown with, you know, starting with SNC home buyers. My goodness, you two were competitors. And then you joined forces for good, not evil, and became a larger and larger group and now focus on multifamily. Done some joint ventures, partnering with private money lenders. And then, like I said, the multifamily partnership, which seems to be the direction that you're going. So thank you for being on the show. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? The email is probably best, B-O-B at sc-homebuyers.com. Great. And sc-homebuyers.com is also the website that you can go check out. Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. Well, Bob, thank you for being on the show. Hope you have a wonderful weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here, February 24th and 25th, the conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out, besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you. Move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.